welcome to Picks with the Professor, college basketball edition for Friday, December 1st. Jake, we are entering into a new month. Uh, it feels like the season just began, and we're almost a month into it. I don't know how that happened. Yeah, I mean, we're getting conference play going like crazy now this yeah. weekend. It's, it is – time is flying by, and it's just crazy. We're going we're to cover multiple conference games today. Uh, we've already had a few here. This week, uh, it, it's pretty wild and and not. It, it felt like, at least for me, it snuck up on me. <laughs> you know that we were going to have uh, conference play here, but two Big Ten games uh, that we are going to cover in this slide recap slide. Uh, still TBD on a handful of games, including the show total, the last show side we had, uh, one A grade side, uh, the total of the day, and multiple recommended totals. So a lot of stuff there, but. Uh, at least encouraging again, at least so far. I think with only one A-grade side to go, this will make three straight profitable days, solid days for the A-grade sides. Again, working your way back uh, to profitability for those. I'm really encouraged with those. Look, it's been kind of my message, and the totals continue to rock for the most part. But a ton of other totals out there. So, so far, not the best day for totals, but that can still turn around. Uh, here, kind of depending on how the next hour or two goes, uh, but here's the slate again mentioned. We're going to cover both of those Big Ten games. Uh, if you're interested in the 5 p.m. game, you want to be with us over on Dub Club because we have a pick on the side and the total in this game. And we're going to talk about one of those uh, in the extended cut. I guess we can talk about the other one if we want to in the extended yeah. cut because it doesn't really matter. So we, we've got a lot of action on the early game uh, for St. Thomas. And that's where we will also cover the game of the night in UConn and Kansas in the extended cut. So if you're interested in that, again, Dub Club is the place to be. You can still get $5 off your first month if you use the promo code CDBPOD, the link in the show description of that QR code uh, right there. And again, the benefit, you know, 31 days in December here. And as long as you are with us in December, you will lock in the 2023 pricing and the 2024 and beyond pricing will not affect you. So there's still a benefit to joining uh, here sooner rather than later, along with getting college football, bull picks, NFL extra goodies, and all the college basketball team totals, prices needed for A grades, uh, just all sorts of stuff. information. And of course, access to our Discord chat where we have a lot of fun, talk about a lot of sports, provide recommendations, suggestions, etc. Jake, anything I missed before we start off the slate tonight? I mean, you forgot to add all the baseball information you give out with total run run line picks and totals in there, and the you're insanely profitable with baseball. It's just wild. I, I assume no one's thinking about baseball now. It's kind of, I guess, why I forgot about that one. And more things to come. And we I talked about this as well. An, an NHL model is in the works. An FCS model potentially in the works. Got to make sure I can get the right data. There's a lot of things coming. Uh, you know. I, I, I am a former professor. I spent five years doing that, but it's only recently that this has become where I can spend all of my working hours on. So with that comes a lot of new things that are coming. Um, now, now that it's not just a find time when I can to do it, it's a all, all the time thing. So a bunch of more things coming uh, over there on Dub Club. Uh, it's been great. Hopefully it continues to be that way. So again, we thank you if you're already there. If not, there's the link to do it. Otherwise, Maryland and Indiana. Jake, this should be 
a pretty solid contest here. According to sideline, I've got Maryland as the 45th best team, Indiana as the 56th. I'm guessing if you're an Indiana fan, you feel slighted by that because I know a few Hoosier fans, and they're very touchy. If I were to say they're the 56th best team, they would say that's like, you know, 55 spots too low. They probably wouldn't say 55. They probably would say 30. And, and, and again, early on, it's tough to tell, right? There's a, there's more movement early on in the rankings. Um, with any good system, there should be adjustments. You know, it's not like the polls where you win, you stay where you are. It's like how you win, who you beat, that sort of thing matters. IU 5-1, and one, but the model hasn't been overly impressed with them. Thinks Maryland's a little bit of the better team on the road. This should be a great game. But, Jake, we're not here to talk about the side. I think it's priced fairly well. I'm not sure there's an edge on it. We do think there's an edge on the over, though, as the model projects 142.6 on average. So we're going to go over 137 as an A-grade pick. Starting you off hot, Jake, tell us why we like this pick, especially considering the best unit on the court is Maryland's defense. It's it's weird to be riding on the over for two teams that shoot the three ball as bad as both these guys do. I mean, Maryland is shooting like 20, 23%, and Indiana's just slightly better at 24%. The only good that news here impossible. is yeah, if Indiana doesn't own, does not shoot threes, well, only 25% of their shots are from three. So they, they're like, hey, we can't shoot. We're not going to do it. Uh, but so, but Kellaware has been really good. Uh, they're very, very inside dominant, and but without being able to rebound, they just have big guys that are able to score, but they're not the toughest big guys yet, which is surprising for Mike Woodson team. Uh, but like as I said, they're twenty four percent from three, but sixty percent from two. So they're doing a good job there. One of the top teams of blocking shots. I think there's going to be a lot of extra possessions given away here with uh, Mike deletes the quick shots for like with the threes that Maryland will shoot because Maryland hasn't figured out they're not a good three point shooting team yet and still shooting way too many threes for what they're doing. So that's a lot of long rebounds into quick buckets. Um, they also, Maryland also forces a lot of turnovers and turns the ball over a lot. So I think we're going to get a little more pace than what. Maryland would like to be. It's going to lean more Indiana's way, especially with them being home, um, and the way the way they can play defense. Xavier Johnson being questionable is not great because uh, IU really miss, and Woodson really missed the boat with getting guards out of the portal and recruiting. And McKenzie McKenzie hasn't really been the guy that everybody thought he was going to be. Uh, especially like when Duke was recruiting him and stuff, and then he's not been good. Uh, Renault has not been great. So they've got to get some production on the guards. I think we're going to get a lot of easy buckets. Maryland's not too good on the inside uh, defensively. I think Kelly O'Ware is going to be able to eat uh, a lot. And it's just going to be a lot of points with the tight game going back and forth. I think we get a lot of extra points at the end of the game uh, because both teams are decent free-throw shooting teams. Indiana better and – gets the line more often. I think that's where the difference might be why there's not a lot of edge because Maryland's the better team, but a lot of these stats kind of lean IU's way. Uh, Xavier Johnson, one of Indiana's three best players. They get pretty thin after their top, uh, really three slash maybe four. Uh, McKenzie McGobble, you talk about kind of the questionable, like maybe he can get up there and figure it out. But yeah, it starts to drop off. Uh, there, so that'll be again something that's probably more of a factor for the side than the total. With regards to total, something like this, he's not really 
you're not really changing much. You know, you're hurting Indiana's offense, but you're also hurting their defense a little bit. So it probably comes out in the wash. When we talk about the pace of the game, we often talk about the home team has a better chance of controlling it. The faster team and the better team, two of those three go Indiana's way. Better team isn't by much, right? Maryland is probably rounding error better, difference of opinion better, right? And one of those things where there's just not a ton of data and there's a lot of moving pieces here. We might look back in a couple of weeks and say Indiana turned out to be the better team, or maybe it wasn't even that close. Maryland was, we don't really, at this point, it's kind of tough to say. So a lot of reasons to think that the pace kind of goes uh, Indiana's way. Jacob, curious what your thoughts are on, you mentioned Maryland with a three point shot, how bad they've been with it and, and, you know, kind of continuing to shoot through it and whatnot. But we saw this with Charleston early on in the season, who just shot an insanely low percent from three and it was like there's no way that's sustainable they're much better than that and we knew that a little bit from what a lot of those players had done in in the previous season how much do you think of that might be with Maryland where you're going it's going to get better or it might get a little better but it's not going to change a ton like what are your thoughts on that because you know the, the shooting the three helps us with the over whether they make or miss if they make great three points if they miss like you said that leads to more long rebounds and Indiana is definitely wanting to capitalize on it knowing they don't want to get into a half-court game against Maryland's defense. They want to score quickly. So it, it kind of helps us either way. I'm just curious, are you thinking they're going to make more going forward? Or do you think they're just going to be kind of this and they got to figure out, you know, who, who they are? Uh, look, they they got to shoot better. Nobody in there. You're going to do – me and you can sit in an empty gym and shoot better than – like, you're not going to shoot this You're bad. giving me too much it's, credit. It's, it's – but – with, as a team, it's just wild. So that will improve. That'll come back to the norm. But they're also, since they're not able, they're not been as too able to score at the bucket as much, whether that be throwing it inside or beating guys off the dribble, I think they're taking some, those threes are becoming bad threes and not mm-hmm. like being able to step into it. Right. Plus with the turnovers and things. Um, so their shot selection has got to improve, but I mean, they're just having an off year as well. So I don't know how much it's going to improve, but it won't be at 23% forever. Jameer Young and those guys are too good to be shooting that bad. But, but that's a great point, right? When we talk about a number like three-point percentage, and this is where some of the advanced metrics are getting to the point where we can start to see this depending on what data you're getting uh, into your feed, some of the advanced data, right, of expectation of the three, because if you're closer to the three point line versus further away, if you're up the middle versus if you're down the side, right. If you're in the corner, if you have a hand in your face, how close is the defender to you uh, and who's shooting them, right? There's a lot of factors that go into that. Like two teams could be shooting 35% and one could be massively overperforming and one could be massively underperforming based off of were those good threes. That's a great point you make there too, is, is if you're taking bad threes, even if you're better than that, you have a ceiling that you're going to hit because they aren't good quality threes. And so that's a, that's a great point. So yeah, something that looked like the kind of way that points me there. Cause I've not watched a ton of Maryland, but their effective field goal percentage is below 50. That's not good. That means you're, you're not getting good shots. And when, when you're getting good shots, you're not really even hitting them. And your assistant field goal made ratio is pretty low. I mean, they're ranking in the two forties. So if you're going to shoot as many threes as they are, you want those coming off, passes where you're able to step into it. It looks like a looking at the numbers. Someone drives and kicks and he's wide open. Yeah. It reads like a lot of one-on-one step back jumpers kind of thing. That's not, not working out well for a good three point shot. 
Yeah, and there's only a handful of people in the in the world who can do that really well, and and they end up in the NBA, right? And you have to assume like all five guys in on Maryland. No offense to me, probably all aren't going to end up in the NBA. That's uh, not an easy thing to do. Uh, we're going to go over here, over 137. The model thinks there's value in this number. And the last thing I want to say about this is just as a reminder, what we always talk about, right? You should be willing to bet any team, any side, any over, any under, if the price or the number is right. This is a situation where. 137, 137 and a half with uh, 138 would all be A grades if we're in this upper 130s. If this number does get bet up to my, you know, to 141, we'd probably lean over. But at that point, it's more of a C grade. We dabble in it because we want some action. But we always talk about there's just going to be a handful of games that are just going to be wildly one way or the other, right? Both these teams can come shoot the lights out, and this game can get to 160, and it doesn't matter what we said, what we handicapped the over was going to hit, or the other way. They could just both be just stone cold, and it doesn't matter how good the looks are. This game's going to struggle to get to 120, and those games happen, and we just shrug and say whatever. What we're worried about is if it's around this number, are we getting good enough value to make this a smart pick? And that's where... This number offers us some value here at 137 because if it's one of those games that's close to where the number's projected, we think we're getting a lot of extra points that are going to get us to win more times than not. Hopefully it's not one of those crazy games that goes back and forth, but we've had a couple of those recently where we've been on them and it's like, and I tell people like, hey, it's great. It's fun when we're on them, but you're just going to have a handful that are just automatic winners or losers. And those are just ignore them. Don't get too focused on them. Focus on the ones that are close. Are you winning those? And so that's why we like this over 137. The number is great, a great pick. To the 9 p.m. slot here, Purdue and Northwestern, the other Big Ten conference game. I mean, Purdue, my goodness, look at that. Number one offense, number four defense, number one overall. And, and, and I, I, nothing against Northwestern. I think they're a very solid team. And this is where Purdue started to struggle last year, not in December, but on conference road games. They started really showing, you know, some kinks in the armor there where they were not really – winning those road games by what we thought they would, a team that would make a deep tournament run. So, I mean, the signs were there for this Purdue team that they were flawed because I remember they constantly were being favored by this amount on the road, and they were constantly winning by like three or four. And I mean, just barely getting by. Purdue has been tested this year. They seem like they're on a mission. Let's see if, if, if it holds on. But so far, I loved what I've seen from them. The model loves what it's seen from them and says this team looks different, they look better, and we'll find out. Here's an early test for them in conference play. If this Purdue team wants to keep what they did in non-conference rolling and really want to show that they are, they are they need business here, and they're looking like Virginia. Remember the last time a number one seed lost in the first round, it was 16. That team came back and won the national championship next year. This Purdue team is definitely capable of it. So far they look like they're trying to, but this is a great test for them. If they go out there and they win this game by 15, Obviously, they got to keep doing that in January, February, and March, but it's an early sign of, hey, we're not going to struggle on the road in conference like we did last year. Model thinks laying seven and a half is pretty smart. B-grade pick. I'd like it better at seven. I'd love it at six. I don't think you're ever going to see a six at this point. If I had to guess, I guess this number's only going up. So we're locking in seven and a half at this point as a B-grade. Seven is seven in my mind is an A-grade if you're able to find it. Don't lay too much. Just don't buy it down because you're, 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 you're not adding enough value to it, but – Model thinks Purdue wins on average by 10.6. So we're expecting more likely a double-digit win than a single-digit win. Jake, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think the biggest difference this year is Braden Smith, Fletcher, Fletcher Lawyer have an extra year under their belt. Like, they were the two guys that were in charge of that offense, and they were freshmen, and people were just able to pressure them and the turnovers. I mean, they still got a little bit of a turnover issue, like 
17 percent of their possessions, but it's not a crazy like it was last year. And they're they're actually playing a faster pace, I believe, than they did last year, and that's I believe helping them out a lot because um, Lance Jones was a huge get out of uh, I think it was Southern Illinois, and he's able to make special plays is something they didn't have last year a guard that could just get his own shot at the rim, make some crazy threes, something like that. I think he was a huge get. Also they're just Edie. I mean, Edie's a great player. We don't have to dive into that. Everybody, everybody knows that. Uh, But his biggest effect is that he's forcing other, they're forcing other teams to play fast because you do not want to go against him set because then that almost eliminates anything from five feet and in from the bucket because he's just um, so huge. Uh, and that is a terrible thing for Northwestern. Northwestern wants to play slow. They want to slow you down, force you into bad shots, turnovers, and then take their sweet time getting there. If you're taking your sweet time, that means Edie's getting down there. As long as he's not in foul trouble, I mean, even if he is, Purdue is just so big. Caleb first, Trey Kaufman, Red, everybody is so big that uh, they block so many shots. I mean, Mason Gillis is a really, really good defender and a great three and D guy. I mean, even the seven two guy they have on the bench who doesn't get even minutes. Berg is. It's just everybody. They're so big. It's just a terrible matchup for how Northwestern wants to play, and that, that's why this game game is going to end up in double digits. It's not. Because Northwestern's that much bad, worse than them. It's just a style nightmare for them. They're going to have to really shoot threes. Boo Boo's going to have to have a big game to uh, stay in this one. I just I don't see it happening. I think Purdue's going to handle them, uh, stay right in that ten to twelve point lead range, and that's where it's going to end up. Purdue has covered every game this season <laughs> except for. The one time we talked about them on the show here when they, we laid a bunch of points with them against Xavier and they just couldn't win by enough. The difference between that one and this one, of course, is that one I think we were laying something like 17 and the model said like 20 or something. And I think they won like 13 or something. They just couldn't quite get there. This one, the benefit is we have the added advantage of if Northwestern hangs around, late fouls could get us over this number. And that's always just an extra bonus. It's not that I love laying points because I hate it personally. I hate, I love being on the underdog. I think it's just a smarter pick. And so that's just how I've been trained. But in the event that uh, there are late fouls, the fact that, that we're laying a number that's in that reasonable foul range gives us a little bit of an extra boost to, to the likelihood of this winning. Uh, we always talk about how, how we can lose every bet. You should be able to think through it. This one's tough to figure out how you lose it. It has to do with something about the crowd being raucous and throwing Purdue off their game. Purdue having the same struggles they had last year. The issue is that doesn't look like this year's team. And, and, and I, I mean, Purdue looked great last year at the start of the season. So maybe that's it. And conference is a different animal. Maybe it's something to do with that. Northwestern wants to play really, really slow. As you mentioned, they're one of the slowest paced teams in the country. Purdue is fairly above average despite playing through a big man. And like you said, I think it's because of what you said. And so Northwestern's got a real challenge on their hands because if they try to slow this game down, that doesn't really bode well for them getting good looks. So the way Northwestern hangs around is almost like they slow it down, grind it to a halt, great home crowd, and then they just hit a bunch of jump shots. But I'll take my chances at that point being on the other side. And then even if it's close, we got late fouls. But I'm like you, 10 to 12 for the most part where Purdue handles their business. Kind of like the Xavier game, except at this point we're laying a much better number. So Purdue minus 7.5, a B-grade pick. Same time slot, not a conference game, but it feels like it should be. I don't know why. It should be. Um, Fresno, yeah, Fresno State 
and BYU. Jake, Fresno State's not very good at the basketballs. Uh, BYU is. I love this BYU team. We talk about all the time, and I've said it. I don't know if I've said it on this show as much, but every model, all models are wrong. Some models are useful, and that's the same thing with Sideline, the model that I have built. It is wrong. I also think it's useful. Uh, but, I mean, we talk about there's error bars on every team. No team is perfectly rated. Everything's just, you know, nothing's perfect, right? We're, we're estimating. We're trying to get as close as we can. We could speculate where the error might lie. Some teams, the error is really small. And now we don't know the error, unfortunately. And that's where statistics gets real murky in the weeds really quick. And it's fun to discuss. But I know our viewers aren't dying to hear that. What I will say is we can speculate on where the error is. I'm going to speculate. I don't know anything, but I honestly think the error is that the model is not recognizing just how good BYU is. Like, I think this team might be better than number 20. They look so good. I love everything I've seen from them. I love who they beat, how they beat them, et cetera. I just love this team. We're going to lay a big number with them. 14 and a half. It's B grade value. It's hard to get to A grade value laying this big of a number just because anything can happen late in the game and it can get weird. But this is one where, I mean – the way BYU's been going, I kind of just want to back them until the market catches up. I don't think they have. Model says BYU by 18.3. And if I'm right and my speculation is correct and BYU's being undervalued by the model, maybe this should be BYU minus 20. I don't know. At home, this seems like a runaway. Jake, what are your thoughts? Yeah, uh, BYU is a surprise team. I did not see this coming out of them. They are very good. And there's there wasn't a name on that roster that, before the season, you're like, yeah, that that's where this is going to happen. Like, this guy's going to make something happen. But now they've got uh, five guys averaging double digits. Uh, Jackson Robinson really is a fantastic player. We should have seen him coming. T- really, really talented guy. But the biggest thing here is Fresno State's not very good. They turn the ball over on 22% of their possessions. Giving a team that's as good as BYU extra possessions is, is a disaster anyway. Uh, Fresno State doesn't rebound the ball that well. BYU does. Everything that Fresno State does bad, BYU is great at, apparently. Uh, and it's just bad. And then the free throws, even if fouls go their way, they're not a good free throw shooting team. Everything is BYU. BYU blocks a ton of shots. and Didn't really see that coming. They actually lead the nation in block shots. It's wild. Um, they hit almost 80% of their free throws. They're shooting well from deep. They shoot it well from inside the arc. They they're the best team at limiting offensive rebounds, uh, but only giving up 19%. Like, it's just outrageous how good they are statistically. Um, it's just wild. Didn't see this coming. BYU will just blow through this Fresno State team in what should be a Mountain West game, and not a whatever this is. That's a random non-conference, I guess. Uh, my model has five of BYU's players in the top 100 players in college basketball. They are a massively senior driven team. It's all seniors and one junior that play any real minutes. And then you still have um, the Tiki Ali Atiki guy who hasn't played much because of eligibility issues. He's the other junior that who knows exactly where he'll fit into all this. It's just a buzzsaw machine. I just want to go through BYU. First off, they're 6-0 against the spread. So some of you viewers are out there like, yeah, preaching to the choir. I've been on this. And you're just like, I'm just going to ride it until it, you know, until it leaves. Yeah. And I say, kudos. Like, if you've been on this team, that's great. And But we've talked about this on the Discord. I've backed them a couple times lately. And I've said, hey, like, 
I love this team. The model doesn't really think there's a big edge, but I think it's kind of worth doing. Let's ride. And that's kind of what it's saying here. Their second game of the season, they beat San Diego State. It was at home, but they, they beat San Diego State by 11. Like, that's a good win right there. They beat Southeastern Louisiana. And you're like, okay, at Southeastern Louisiana, they beat them by, like, 50. <laughs> like, they just blew the doors off of them. They beat Morgan State. You're like, it's Morgan State. They beat them by 43. I mean, they blew the doors off of them, too. They destroyed Arizona State. And now Arizona State's not a great team. But, again, like, the way they won that game. And then, of course, they beat NC State uh, by 10, and NC State's a solid team. I mean, this team just looks really good. I love everything I've seen about them. I cannot sing their praise enough. They will eventually not cover. It might be this one. Again, we don't know how any one game's going to happen. Who knows who's hot, et cetera, et cetera. But in general, I think this is a team that the market is still struggling to catch up with. Uh, I think my model is struggling to catch up with, that this team is, is real and like you said, Fresno State's just not very good. And we've seen what BYU can do to the not very good teams. They probably don't win by 50. But, I mean, Arizona State's another team that's also just not that good. And you saw what they did to them. That was on a neutral site. I mean, imagine what's going to happen in BYU, in altitude, with that crowd. can get pretty raucous there. I mean, it, I don't know. It, who knows exactly what happens in this game. But I love laying the points here. And I hate laying – as I mentioned earlier, I hate laying points in general. But this one's one where I'm like, yeah, let's – just do it. Who cares, right? It's just let's just do it until until the other work people, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's unreal. This BYU team, and they're fun to watch too. It's it's reminiscent of the Jimmer teams that were just fun to watch and yeah. good teams uh, without without a guy like Jimmer. But I mean, yeah. coming up here, what not this Saturday, but next they have Utah on the schedule. That will be a fun fun game. Utah, uh, which we had here on yesterday's show, just went final. We did win that one, so we got us another winner on the books there. I think I think we got a couple other winners too with with some of their picks. I, it's kind of hard to keep my eye on everything, but it feels like it was a good day. So we'll see. Uh, again, as always, for more picks, you can join us on Dub Club. You'll see the extended cut, but you'll see all the other A grade totals. And the sides, which, again, are starting to rock and roll, which is good. Total been doing it all season. And all the information, all the other games, even if we don't have picks on, can kind of give you some leans, things to look at, team totals. There's the recap. And, again, if you want that QR code to save $5 off your first month. And, again, lock in 2023 pricing. Don't delay because we're profiting here. And every day you delay, you're just missing out on more profits. So no reason not to sign up for more picks on the extended cut. Jake, we will have no show tomorrow. Uh, we we try to do Saturday shows, especially when we get into the new year. We'll try to do Saturday shows. Uh, given the slate, it'll be so much better. Uh, with football still happening, we've got a couple of different arrangements, so we won't be able to do a Friday night show here for Saturday this week. But we'll have some of them here in the fall. Uh, so otherwise, though, parting words from you for our viewers on YouTube until we have another show uh, next week. No, I mean it's it's this is the time to get in, right? When it seems like sideline there is turning the corner and starting to figure out its legs for college basketball, get in now so you can don't miss out on all the profits as, as we go through conference play and tournament time and all that. Amen, amen. All right, well, hopefully we see you on the other side of the break. And again, to see that, you know how to get to it. Stub club link in the show description.